Take your Bibles and turn to First John, or sorry, not First John, John chapter one. John chapter one. John chapter number one. So the vote's next week. And it's normal. This is a situation that we have here is very unusual. And I don't know of any place a friend of mine or I've ever ministered where the pastor that is looking to be voted in has been here for a while. <laughs> uh, you know me. A little bit different. And usually, so in that case, uh, in the normal realm, uh, what I've heard the most is, so Pastor Thiessen would resign and then the church would find someone else to come in and he would come in for a week and you get to know him a little bit. Well, you've had a lot longer than a week to know me. Uh, some of you uh, have known me, or a lot of you have known me now for over two years. And then some more of you have known me for seven years. And some of you have voted me as a pastor once before uh, in BIBC. Uh, so the reality is uh, I'm, I'm not a, a new face to you. Is that true? Or is this the first time you see me? Okay, I know it's hot in here, so I might have to do that a couple times to repeat myself. But at any rate, uh, Pastor Tyson thought it would be very good that I would share my vision, my direction, uh, you know, a bit of my heart uh, with you today. So that's what I'm going to do. So if you want to classify this as a day, you could say it's a uh, casting my vision or preaching for uh, the position as such or whatever the case. Uh, but you have a great advantage that you know me already. Uh, and uh, praise the Lord for that, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, I've been looking forward to preaching today for a while, but I have to admit I'm a little nervous. I'm always a little nervous when I preach. Well, I'm a little bit more nervous today, and I know I've told this story before, but it really accurately describes me today. A, a veteran was telling a young recruit in the, the regiment about how he fought in some battles years ago, and and that young recruit was asking him questions, and he said, yeah, it was a very intense battle, it was very confusing, and I got wounded. And the young recruit was like, wow, where, where's your wound? What was it? He goes, I got shot. I got shot right here. The young recruit, you know, trying to be very diplomatic, said, well, how's that possible? Right there is where your heart is. And he said, oh, my son, at that moment, my heart was in my throat. Not right there. All right. So that's a little bit how I feel this morning. All right. A little nervous, uh, but I, I just want to share with you uh, what I believe the Lord has laid in my heart. If you would graciously invite me to be the next senior pastor, and I'm aware of the role, and I'm aware of its difficulties that it often has. I'm, I'm familiar with the pressures and burdens uh, of this position, and uh, and I know it's not easy work. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And I'm also very aware of the love this church has for its pastor and its pastoral staff. And I'm very thankful for that. And I've been blessed by that love already. And I want to say thank you. If you've, if you've been here very long at all, you notice that I'm different than Pastor Thiessen in a lot of ways. I have some hair. Now it's growing gray and receding back, but I do have some, okay? Uh, and uh, tonight... Uh, so it's kind of a one-two punch, okay? This morning I'm going to preach a message to you called entitled Continue, and this evening I'm going to title a message entitled Serving Together, and the service, both sermons are a little bit different than I usually preach because it's a little bit of a different situation, uh, but this evening's message really is my heart for ministry and my philosophy, so your philosophy affects how you do things, And but this morning I want to start with continue to 
just to give you a basis of where I'm going to go this evening. Uh, so I just I want you to come back if you can. I understand you might not be able to, but I'd love to see you. Uh, so I know a few of you had questions uh, that you might want to ask me. You can ask me any time, and I mean that. You can ask me at any time. Uh, and I, I want to be a blessing. But there's been a few questions that I've been asked or have been filtered back to me. Uh, that people have asked other people. Uh, so I want to deal with two of those questions right off the hop. And then another question that uh, I've heard will be in the message this morning as well. Uh, and, uh, and again, if you have any questions, come and talk to me. I, I'll be more than happy to answer the best I can. The first question that I've had is in regard to the youth group. Uh, our youth group will continue. It's absolutely going to continue. Uh, in, in a different format, uh, we'll meet one Friday night of the month. It'll be a time of games, fun, fellowship, and you know with Pastor Alcock, there will be food involved, okay? And it will involve time around God's Word, amen? It definitely will do that. And we will look to do activities with sister churches uh, through the month as well uh, and see what the Lord will do. So it's a little bit different format. And who will be leading it? Well, at first it will be myself and my wife. That will not be an... Forever situation, that will be a, uh, a defined amount of time. Uh, we're going to be looking for someone to take that over. But uh, I, I do have uh, uh, some young men in our church who are helping out youth group already. Uh, Brother Reed's going to be helping out. Brother EJ, when he's home from uh, Bible College. And I will be asking, so I'm going to let all you parents know right now, I will be asking you parents to help out too. I think it's very important that the parents of our teenagers are involved in the lives of our teenagers. All right? I, I, I want your input. Who else better to help a teenager face the challenges ahead than a parent? All right? And that's I'm going to be asking for that. So you've been given warning right now. Okay, I'm going to ask for that. And I want you to be involved. And uh, I love names, okay, for groups in our church. Uh, you know, youth group has been around since I don't know how long. All right, that name. Now, I know uh, I was talking to uh, Pastor Heath a little bit, and he said that he did have a name for a while for the youth group. Kind of fell off uh, the radar as such. So this morning, I will announce a brand new name for our youth group. Are you ready, teenagers and parents? It's going to be called The Crew. But it gets better. Okay. It stands for Christians Ready, Equipped, and Willing. And eventually, when we change our name to Legacy, it's going to be called The Legacy Crew. Okay, so we're going to get up some nice uh, motifs or something like that, some nice shirts, whatever. We'll look to that in the future. But I just want to let you know, because I know that is a question that's come to me, and I want to let you know about it. All right? Uh, so the next one is, uh, how does my wife feel about all this? And what is her role? All right? That was been a question. And uh, my wife's very excited, very supportive about this opportunity of serving the Lord here at MIBC. Uh, and looks forward to what she will be able to do in the future. And as for her role, if you not have not noticed this yet, uh, she's very passionate about serving the Lord. She loves to serve. That's her heart desire. She's totally embarrassed right now, and I'll hear about this at lunchtime, but it's true, okay? And she loves to serve, and I know she really has a desire to encourage the young ladies of our church, the teenagers, young ladies. Uh, I know she wants, and she does already assist in social events. She has... Mason jars, the announcement, you know. Uh, she loves all those kind of things uh, and, and wants to be involved. Now, she, I'll give you a heads up, too, that she'll be looking for more people to play the piano. So, piano players, you might duck and run now, okay? Uh, but uh, the reality is she, wants, just, she just wants to serve the Lord. 
All right, and help out in any way, and with me, and I'll be lost without her. Uh, and uh, serve the Lord together here for many years going forward, if that's the Lord's will. Uh, I grew up in an independent Baptist uh, church. I guess I was about three or four when I started, or maybe a little bit older, but that's all I ever remember. And uh, I had numerous pastors during that 15 years that I lived in, in St. John's at First Baptist Church. I had numerous. I've never had the blessing of having one pastor for 20 years as this church has had. And I'll be honest, that's pretty much unheard of today in churches. And I understand that change is not comfortable. Uh, but most folks, for most folks gathered here today, some people don't mind change, uh, but usually you're not too excited about it. I guess the only time I really love change is when I go order a burger and they bring me out a steak. Okay? You know, really, that, we don't like change too much. And, uh, you know, when I say that word change, you probably don't get warm and tingly feelings all over. You know, it's usually not the case. So as I was thinking about this message this morning, I thought I'd want to uh, focus on what's not going to change. Because that's really important. It's really important to understand that things, more things are going to stay the same than they are going to change. And I want you to understand that, it, and that, that the word change can bring a negative tone. This morning I want to look on what's going to continue the same. And that should encourage you. It's a positive note. And so more things will stay the same than will change. I firmly believe this statement, and with this after statement we'll get into John chapter 1, that what you believe will determine or affect how you act and react. What you believe affects how you live. How you behave. So it's very important to understand what we believe as a church because that affects how we behave. And that affects our dreams. And we're going to look at those three points this morning. So first of all, believe. Look at John chapter 1 and verse number 1. John 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus... Lord, I pray you encourage our hearts this morning. Lord, you are in control and you have a plan for our lives. And Lord, as our church looks to a transition of pastoral leadership, Lord, I pray that I could bring to these folks uh, attention and mind the reality that we will continue doing what is right. And Lord, we look to you to bless and guide and direct this message and in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'll be really upfront with you. I'm in total agreement with the constitution of our church. And that's important. Uh, I've been around the ministry long enough to know that sometimes when a new pastor comes in, he's not in agreement. And then there's problems. And uh, the reality is I'm in total agreement. I've read it, and just in case you wondered or wondering. And uh, I know Pastor Thiessen. I've known him informally since 1997. And in a few years, I got to know him better and better than the last two years plus serve underneath him. And I can tell you right now, we believe the same doctrinally. We're on the same page. We've had lots of conversations, uh, lots of uh, you know chats about things that are happening around us. We believe the same things. Now, you know he does not believe that the Leafs are the best team. You know that, right? But that's not doctrinal. Though we do question that on occasion. I understand. Uh, but the reality is there's, we're going to have some differences of opinion, but not differences in doctrine. All right, and we need to understand that we we know what we believe, and then it affects how we act and how we'll behave. And sure, 
my delivery system, and the, some words that I say are different than what Pastor Teeson would deliver or what he would say, we believe the same thing, and that's the Word of God. And that's the first point. Uh, or sorry, that's the, uh, that's the second point. But we'll get the first one first. We're going to continue to believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? We're going to continue to believe in Jesus Christ. I just read that verse in uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and that's a reference to Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ was born a virgin. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 21 relates that for us. Begotten by the Holy Ghost, and that He's a fully God and fully man. We believe that Jesus shed His blood to the atonement of our sins, willing to give, uh, gave His life a ransom for all. He willingly did that. He was bodily raised from the dead, sent it into heaven, and now makes intercession for us, and He's coming again to receive us unto Him. Colossians 1.19 says, For please the Father that in Him should be all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Him, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Jesus Christ and the salvation that He provides needs to be preached now more than ever. And it will be continued to preach. If the church would extend to me, the pastor, I assure you, the message of the gospel will be preached consistently, and constantly, and correctly from this pulpit. Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus needs to be preached. I stand before you as a testimony of what the Lord can do with a life. Amen? He can change you. He changed me. I mean, I was on the path of destruction, believing in my good works and being a good guy. Being having good morals. Hey, I went to an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church just like this. I grew up there, and I never accepted Jesus Christ because I thought I was good enough. I thought I was good enough. I was like the parent of old. I liked the preacher, but I didn't really care for the message much. But I went there anyway. Then on April 1st, 1996, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart. He convicted me of my sin and I repented and I accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And my life was changed. I, I shudder to think where I would be today if I not had made that decision on April 1st, 1996. I have a great deal of certainty I would not be in this church today if I didn't make that decision then. You know, I've driven around the houses or this neighborhood in the last few weeks and, you know, the big houses, little houses, apartment buildings, condo buildings, so on. You know, and all those dwellings represent a single person, married couple, married seniors, or family. And you know what? They're looking for a reason for life today too, you know. They're longing for acceptance. Their families are hurting. Maybe life's falling apart in them. Maybe there's no work or there's no job security. Relationships are in jeopardy. They're empty. They're looking for hope. Folks, we have what they're looking for. And it's Jesus Christ within, contained within His words that we can give Him then. We have it. And it's not because we're anything great. It's because God has given us His Word and we can share with them Jesus Christ. We can share with them what the Lord has done in our lives. So we're going to continue believing in Jesus Christ. We're going to continue to believe in the Bible. Amen. We're going to continue to believe in the Bible. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. Look over in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter number 1. Second Peter chapter number one. 
Second Peter chapter one and verse number. Uh, we'll start in verse number twenty. Second Peter chapter number one and start in verse number twenty. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, the, the last two statements, or the statement I just made before about Jesus Christ, the one I'm going to give you in a moment about the Bible, is found within the constitution of our church. So, let me just give you a, a situation, you know. If I did not believe this, I would not be able to ethically stand before you and ask to be pastor if I did not believe what our church lays out as the truth. There's so many who are trying to be sly and devious and get their way in and then they try to change things from inside out. No. I'm telling you right now, I believe this to be so. And it's my conviction as well. That the Bible consists of the Old and New Testament only to be the verbal, plenary, inspired Word of God. We believe the King James Version is to be inspired Word of God for the English-speaking people. We believe the Bible is inherent and that it's sole authority on matters of faith and practice. This precious old book will be continued to be preached and taught in our church. This world needs it now more than ever before. There's no turning from this book. Each week in the classrooms of our children's church in the East Wing and in our weekly weekly Bible fellowships that occur across the west side of GTA, when our teenagers, our crew gets together, the legacy crew gets together, when our True North has an activity, when the prime timers gather together, we'll be knowing and opening the word of truth so we can grow in it. We're not going to become a social church in a sense of a social gospel. The word of God needs to be preached. Uh, we can do social things, and we will. Have a good testimony in our community, we will. But the Word of God needs to be taught. I desire all ages of our church to know and to believe the Word of God and to own it. I am tired of seeing young and old folks alike who know the Word of God but do not own it. So you can stand and the, when the devil attacks. You can stand when those come against you. So you know, so then you can lead your family the right way. You need to know the Bible. You need to own it. Be a part of who you are. Make the Bible a part of your DNA. That you check it. You're reading it. You're applying the principles. You know, I'm not going to preach the whole Constitution here this morning. <laughs> but I just picked a couple. And there's a couple more I'm going to just hit real quick on. Uh, but, you know, I believe, according to the Word of God, the church is a local, organized assembly of believers who carry out the Great Commission and observe the two ordinances, the bat- baptism, which we'll do next week, praise the Lord, and the Lord's Supper. You know, now, the last things we, 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 we know about, hey, I think the Lord's coming real soon, Amen. He might come before the vote, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but we believe the imminent return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of all the saints, followed by seven years of tribulation. And after those seven years, the Lord will return and set up His millennial reign, His kingdom. And there's a whole lot of other things, last things you can talk about too, but that's as far as I'm going to go this morning on it. We live in a world that is changing rapidly. Don't you agree? It's changing rapidly. Uh, technological advances are truly amazing. You know, the reality is, I really don't need a computer anymore to send an email. You know, uh, yesterday I was out doing some things, and uh, I was able 
to send read my keynotes by my phone while I was waiting for my epic pita man to get my pita together. All right? So it's amazing what you can do with technology. It's truly astounding. I can still remember sending my first email. I'm really dating myself, ain't I? I can remember typing that up and I remember pressing that send button and I'll be honest, I was very skeptical that this actually worked. So I actually sent it to a friend of mine who was in the same room. And he goes, look, Mark, here it is. I still am in awe. I still remember how exciting and how unbelievable that was to me. But sadly, the changes are not always for the right. They're hardly ever for the right. Satan and his wicked allies are attacking and trying to destroy the family unit as the Lord planned it and as He created it. That's why you need to know the Bible. To know the truth. The world is demanding our children so they can mold in whatever they want. No, you need to know the truth. And teach that truth to your children and be a good example to those around you. It's sad to see so many churches putting down the Bible. They used to preach it. They used to teach it. And they kind of stuck underneath the pulpit or underneath the pew or underneath the chair. They should be lifted up higher now and declaring even more now. Each service of MIBC will continue to preach and teach the precious and wonderful truths that lie within the precious book of the Bible. We'll continue to preach that Jesus is the hope of the world. We'll continue to preach that we need to reach this community with Jesus Christ. We'll continue to preach eternal security. We'll continue to preach purity and righteous living and, and teach the amazing grace of our Lord and Savior. Let me read you a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God as profitable doctrine for reproof, for correction and righteous, uh, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what we believe. Amen. That's what we're going to continue. We're going to continue to do that. So what we believe directly affects what we do, right? We agree with that statement earlier? What you believe affects how you will act. Now, if I thought Pepsi every day was right for me and good for me, I would drink Pepsi every day. And I know it's not right. I'm just using it for a fun little illustration, okay? But that's how it works. What you believe affects how you behave. You know, I have some family members who are vegans. Okay? They cook amazing food. I'll eat it. I'll eat just about anything, though. You know, but they believe that's best for them. So guess what? They, what they, how they behave is differently than I do. I love my burger. You know, but they, they, they make some changes in their life. So for us, what we believe affects how we behave. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world, then my behavior would be, or as a church, we will continue to reach lost souls for Jesus. Amen? If that's what we really believe, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world, it should affect our behavior so we continue to reach lost souls. Our mandate from the Lord is to reach this world with the Gospel. And that mandate hasn't changed. You can turn over to Matthew chapter 28. There's a famous, the Great Commission. There's other verses in the Gospels as well. It refers to reaching this lost world. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number uh, 19. If you were to examine our Constitution, we have stated correctly the purpose of the local church is to carry out the Great Commission. That's what's recorded. That's what we've written down in our own Constitution. 
Matthew chapter 28 and verse, uh, we'll start in verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I know there are many in this community who are looking for answers for this life. I alluded to that just a few moments ago. They're looking at other religions. They're exploring different philosophies. They are exploring the cults. They're diving into pleasures. They are uh, immersing themselves in activities, trying new relationships. And this morning we have the answer that they are so desperately looking for in all those places. The answer has a name and the name is Jesus. That's the answer. I want you to understand that we can reach souls at any time of the day, not on just specific set times. Amen? You can reach any time. I want our church collectively to be reaching folks. I mean, it's been great at our WBFs. Our focus and our teaching is about reaching evangelizing. You know, one thing I see commonly through all our lessons is that we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray for those who are lost. We need to pray for opportunities to tell them about Jesus. We need to pray for new contacts. We need to be praying that the lost would come to Jesus Christ. Because the Lord is the answer. And you know what I found when I'm serious about praying to reach someone? The Lord answers that prayer. He does. In all kinds of different ways and shapes and sizes, He does. My heart's desire is to see this church full and overflowing from, uh, with people from every corner of the globe who are searching for the answer. And that's Jesus. Or have found the answer of Jesus and they want to continue in their journey in the Christian life. That's, that's my heart's desire. That's what I'm praying about. Oh, we'll have special times of outreach. We'll have door-to-door, master distribution, John and Roman, so on. We, we have to be deliberate, don't we? If we don't plan for it, it doesn't happen. Right? Doesn't that, That's not to say you can't do it on your own, but you need to plan for that in your own life too, right? You need to pray about it. You need to find opportunities. But as a church, if we don't deliberately plan it, it won't happen. You know, I could, I could say to my wife, hey, let's, uh, let's go to Niagara Falls sometime. But if I never plan it, we won't go. You know, you need to put some steps in place to make sure you reach that goal, right? Put some steps in place. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight as well. But we have to be deliberate. We need to be focused. And so I'll just throw you out a couple things here. Uh, uh, next summer, looking to do some special things with our children's ministry. And really the idea is to help our children in our church, but reach out to the children around this community. You know, I've sat in the office over in the East Wing and looked out the window. You know, there's literally hundreds of people who walk by this church every day. Going over to that mall over there and getting their groceries, going to Walmart, whatever they do. The mission field is right here. Why not reach those children with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Get them while they're young and help them grow and mature in the Lord and go and tell others of Jesus and reach those families those children represent. Oh, I'm already excited about that. See what the Lord will do. Let that gospel light go forth. We'll continue with services. Let her be. Continue with services that glorify the Lord. 
Romans chapter 15, verse 6, that ye, uh, ye with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, For you bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I love our church. We uh, were away for a number of Sundays there uh, this past uh, summer. I uh, went up to Newfoundland and, and uh, spent time with the family reunion things. And I guarantee you, after the first Sunday, I missed our church. I mean, I missed the, the fellowship of the believers here. And I missed the worship that we have together. I thoroughly enjoy the ministry of our choir and the special numbers and the orchestra that we get to hear each Sunday. That is a blessing. That is a blessing. And I know sometimes we have things and we don't understand what a blessing they are until they're not there any longer. And when we were out to Newfoundland and we had a great time and we sung our voices out and had a great time with those churches, but man, I missed hearing this. The ladies and young men who involved with this, I missed hearing the choir sing. I missed your voices. I missed the specials. I missed the fellowship of the brethren. Now, I particularly like the trumpets in our orchestra. I have affinity to trumpets. I do. I kind of play an instrument, but I love trumpets. All right. I totally appreciate and support the great work that Brother Packham does each week. And I hope he will continue for many, many years. He doesn't, he's not made to vote on that right now, but, uh, well, I hope he does. We need good music in our church. I love good conservative Christian music. Now, I understand there are different styles. Because you know, when we were in Newfoundland, they sing a little bit different there. They don't, they, they sing similar songs that we do, but they drop H's and add in I's and, you know, it's different. I loved it, enjoyed it immensely. You know, I've been, uh, I've been in the South and we sing similar songs and they sing different. The style's a little different. I've been in churches that have a banjo. Great, I love banjos. And I've been in churches in Newfoundland where the accordion's playing. That makes a noise all distinct of its own. Okay? But it's a different style. I assure you, I am okay with different styles, but I am opposed to church worship sounding like the world. There's no such thing as Christian rap. Christian rock music. No, it's not. Alright? We want music that will bring honor and glory, which we already have. We will continue with it. To bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. The Word of God will continue to be preached from this pulpit. I mentioned that already. and uh, We won't be looking to water down the message. Jesus Christ hasn't changed. So the truth hasn't changed. Now, I say that, and I know that excites you. Most of you. I can hear some amens and nodding at the heads. And, and I don't know if the fans mean you appreciate it, but they're going a little faster. But You know, there's going to be times, the Lord willing, you can invite me to your pastor, I'm going to preach the Word... And you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. I preach the truth. You know why you're not going to like it? Because it's going to touch home to you. Maybe it's going to convict you, but we still need to preach the Word of God. It still needs to be proclaimed. It still needs to be taught. And I believe that when those things occur, when you are convicted by the Lord and you get those things right, you're glorifying the Lord. But you're saying, you're my Savior. You're my Master. I'm going to serve you. And He's glorified in those events. We'll continue ministries that we have. You know, uh, 
the junior church for our little ones who hear the message of truth on their level. You know, they have a different understanding and things and reach them there and our true north and continue with that. Help our college age group to grow in the Lord. They face career and relationship challenges. We'll continue to do our best to glorify the Lord in our services. Look over in Acts chapter number 2. The third thing is continue to encourage believers to serve. Acts chapter 2. And verse number 42. If you think it's warm down there, you should come up here with me. All right, Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 42. I'll start in verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And then they that gladly received His Word were baptized. Same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Continue to encourage believers to serve. So that word fellowship here means... In verse number 42, it means partnership, it means communication, and social interaction. The preaching and teaching of this church will continue to encourage believers to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I look to see our church strengthen our partnership with individual members. I desire that. I want to see that continue. I want us to communicate even better ways. I, I, I know that social interaction, though that is not the main reason we come to church, is very, very important. It's important. It, it's an encouragement. You know, uh, we need that social interaction. We live in a world that openly, publicly uh, opposes and increasingly you know, suppresses biblical truth. I don't know about you, but I need to be encouraged when I face that, and I don't even face it like you do. Now, understand, as a pastor, I was talking to someone else this week about this. As a pastor, when they find I'm a pastor, I usually get the veneer of the nicest person in the whole world. When I tell them, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. Well, the language they used a couple minutes ago is no longer evident. They've changed the vernacular. Their vocabulary is much more pleasant. All right, for the most part, some don't care, but for the most part, so I, I try to. I often see the uh, the nicest side. Now, you might sound this might sound a little weird to you, but sometimes I don't even want the people to know who I am because then it makes it easier for me to get to know who they are and not see this veneer. But you work in a place where there's probably not too many Christians, right? If you stand up for the Lord, you get. Maybe a little bit of pushback, or you get mocked, whatever the case. Now, I know the Lord tells us that's going to happen, right? The Bible says you believe in me, you know, you're going to face persecution. They, they don't really hate you, they hate me, but you're going to be part of it. So when that happens, do you feel wonderful? Now, we know that this is part of it, and we know the Lord helps us, but I guarantee you, when I faced a hard week, whatever the case is, and I come to church, and I'm shaking hands with other believers, and I can tell them what happened, I'm encouraged. They're there to help me along. It's all part of the process the Lord laid out for the church. It says right there that we fellowship. It's a time of communication. We're partnering together. We're interacting. I'm sure glad I have a church family that I can look to to encourage me to serve Jesus Christ. 
And I certainly feel that here in this church. I'm thankful for that. And we're going to continue in that direction. We'll we'll be specific in spending some more time together. And and I believe that's important for a couple of reasons. One, spending time together helps me get to know you better. And you know when I get to know you better, I can pray for you more effectively. I can. I can. Number two, uh, I always appreciate people encouraging me and other people. No, as a pastor, when I see another brother or sister encourage another brother and sister, I can tell what's happening. You can tell by the body language you're encouraging. That encourages me. Because you're doing the gospel. You're doing the work of the Lord. I know I feel encouraged when I see, when someone does that to me. And then the third reason is I love food. I just threw that in for fun, alright? But it's just a time to get together and fellowship together and help each other along the path of our Christian life. So the third thing, so what we believe affects how we act and how we do things, how we behave. And the third thing I want to look at is our dreams. Our dreams. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Now, the word vision means sight. Makes sense. Revelation or dream. Dream. Now, I have to be honest. I can dream some dandy dreams. You can ask my wife. You know, I come up with some dandy dreams. They're great. They're wonderful. And I certainly do have some dreams for our church and dreams that you already have as well. Dreams, though, do not come before what we believe. Because they'll change how we behave, right? We need to have what we believe down. And then what we believe affects how we behave. And then we have the proper dreams. Are you catching me? I'm getting a few people who I don't... Maybe the heat's getting to you in here right now. What we believe affects how we behave. And if we're behaving the right way, we have the right dreams. Alright? That's important. Because I've met some individuals who do not believe the right thing. They're acting the wrong way. So then their dreams are so much different than mine as a Christian. So we need to have the right model. We need to be doing the right thing. You know, that situation, if it's wrong from the beginning, that's not really a dream. You know what that is? That's a nightmare. Because they'll bring you to places you never thought you'd go and get you in trouble that you never thought you'd get into. I want you to understand that, church, that if the invitation is extended to me to be the next pastor, that there's going to be some time where I need to get familiar with what takes place each day in our church family and church life. And uh, I need to get familiar how to do those things. And, and, and praise the Lord, we're going to have some uh, new deacons. Now, I want to tell you right now as well that the men that are serving currently as our deacons, they're going to stay on. It's not like we're going to throw them off the boat or anything. They need to be with us. They need, And they have great experience and great wisdom to help the new deacons come on board. So I want to let you know that, okay, that that's the case. But we're going to have some new deacons. So there's a new leadership team coming together and, and down the road. I don't know exactly when. I can't tell you what day it would be, but I would like to see an assistant pastor come on board and help me as well. So there's a lot of, there's going to be some changes there. So some of these dreams, you know, the idea is that they'll take place when the Lord desires them to take place. You understand what I'm saying? The Lord will do it in His time, according to His way, 
We just need to continue believing the right way, behaving the right way, and the Lord take care of the right kind of dreams. All right? But we should just have dreams. And one of them is a building. That's not going to change. Continue to look to the Lord to have our own permanent home. I know you've been looking to the Lord for that a lot longer than I have. And I know you've sacrificed and you've given. And I personally have been involved in buying property, building a church in Newfoundland, and been involved in buying a small building in Brampton. So I'm aware of the difficulties and pitfalls, but you are aware of some other ones I've never heard about. I know that a physical building does not determine if we're a church. Aren't you glad for that? It does not determine if we're a church. A church is not brick and mortar, mortar, but the church is people, and Christ died for the church, and He wants to see the church grow. Amen? He desires that. With all that said, I know that building can help us reach a lot more people. I understand that. And helping us in the view of the community that we're here to stay can help us run ministries better, or maybe new ones that we deem necessary in the future. It's a dream that I have for our church. And I will continue to look to the Lord to guide us and to find us that place, the place He has for us. Not to get in front of the Lord, make a mistake, then it becomes a nightmare. We want to see the Lord fulfill that dream. In missions, continue to support and send out missionaries. We'll continue to have missionaries in to share their burden of where the Lord is leading them. We'll continue to have missions conferences. Those, high, those conferences are a highlight for me, and I hope they are for you, and a highlight for my family. So many great and life-changing decisions were made in my own heart at missions conference time. I remember kneeling at the uh, altar uh, many years ago during a missions conference, and I surrendered to the Lord. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. I'll go to the... Uh, I was very specific in my prayer. I think the Lord wants us to be specific in our prayers, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but I was very specific with the Lord. I said, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'm surrendered. That's specific, right? That's very specific. I'll surrender. And Lord, uh, these three places are on my heart, and I want you to show me which one. It was China, Nicaragua, and Canada. I don't know why the Lord placed those three on my heart, but I did. And well, you know how the Lord answered because I'm here today and we're in Canada. Alright? But the great decisions have been made in my life at missions conference time. I'm so excited that we're sending out Pastor Teach and, and, and to assist him as he assists missionaries and church plants and, and things of that nature. And we'll support him, support him well. It thrills me that uh, Brent Carding is from our church in Pastoring in Nova Scotia. He and his family need our prayers. I was just texting him last night, asking how church was going. He was telling me a new fellow's been coming out Sunday mornings. He just started coming out Sunday nights. Well, praise the Lord! That's something to be excited about. Hey, one soul at a time, right? One person at a time. And just encourage him along. And I had the privilege a number of years ago to visit Brother Camps in Holland. I'm so glad he's preaching the Word of God there. There is like no gospel witness there. I mean, it, it's bad in Canada, but it's worse there. Alright, and he's preaching the Word of God and those folks who come together. I'm so glad he's there. We need to support him and his family and look to, uh, and I'll be honest, if the church would extend that invitation to me, I'd look to go visit both of those men and encourage them. They need to know this church cares about them. Because when you're on the front line and you don't hear anything from home, it can get pretty demoralizing. They need to know we're praying for them. And we're going to help them the best that we can. 
And I believe I can be an encouragement to them. And our church can be. I would love to find a ministry of same belief and practice that we could partner with to help with humanitarian things. You know, maybe an orphanage that we could uh, put a barrel of clothes together or, or maybe a missionary in some uh, third world country that needs some, uh, maybe some medical things and we could, comp- you know, something like that. But we can be involved and continue to be involved in that missionary work. And then thirdly, church plants. That's a dream. And it's a dream of this church already. These dreams I'm talking about are not, they're the same ones you've already have, and we want to continue with it. Should continue to support and help church plants. Our nation of 36 million people is in desperate need of more solid, Bible-believing, preaching churches. It's in need of it. And I understand the difficulties and the problems that church planters face having been a church planter myself. They're real, and they can be very discouraging. I think of the GTA, needs more. And all of us here this morning know how expensive it is to live here and how expensive it would be someone to come. And boy, but the need is so great, there's millions. There's millions. Peel Region has 1.4 million people today. Or at least the ones who told them that they were here. There could be more. I wouldn't be surprised, a lot more. In the last census. You know, so the province I grew up in has half a million people. And today there's seven churches in Newfoundland. I'm glad, and there needs to be more. But you know, in the Peel region of 1.4 plus million people, there I only know of three. That means our church has to reach, and the other two churches have to reach, a half a million people. We need more churches. We need more gospel preaching churches. I want us to continue serving, reaching, teaching, preaching this old precious book. So many need to know the truth, amen? They need to know it. And may the Lord help us. May the Lord help us to continue.